What's up, everybody? My name is Del. Today, we are joined by Christina Minio. Hello. And this is her husband, Andy Minio. That's right. And this is a work in progress podcast. This is how we got Andy to finally put out a whole bunch of music that he was sitting on, that he had stored in hard drives, and for many reasons, didn't see the light of day. And today, we're talking about I Ain't Done, but an alternate version of Iron Done that right. actually you and Ty Shane produced, yeah? Yeah. Tell us That's about right. that record, man. Ty Shane is, uh, he goes by the name Beam. He's an incredible artist and a producer. Um, I actually found Ty Shane uh, when he was 16 years old. He left a, um, a comment on, I think, my Facebook or my MySpace or something like that with a um, player, like a sound click player that had, it was embedded and so you could click through his tracks, which was really the only reason why I listened because, mm. you know, a lot of people, they want you to hear their stuff, but they send you like a link or you got to go somewhere and download yeah. something. So, you know, pro tip for anybody trying to get their stuff heard. Make it easy. Make it easy for the people that, uh, that want to hear your stuff. Shout out the guy who brought me an iPad. And put his project on the iPad and was like, here you go. And I could just press play. And then he's like, you're going to have the iPad. What? Very smart. I listened for sure. Wow. Um, anyways, so he put it, he put that, uh, that link up and I listened through the tracks and I was like, yo, this kid's really good. So I reached out to him and he was like, oh my gosh, I love your music. I'd love to work with you. So he was on Formerly Known. Um, he produced... Young, he also produced... That was your first project, right? That was my formerly first project, known. formerly known in 2011. He produced Young. He produced Young. That. And that's why it's got this. Yeah, that joint is hard. He actually, we implement that same drop on I Ain't Done. I Ain't Done. Wow. That's a very Ty Shane. It all comes full circle. Oh. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, he did Young, he did Michael Jackson, and then... Uh, on Heroes for Sale, he did a bunch of stuff. He did Where the Wild Things Are, um, a bunch of other stuff. He's been on basically every project. He produced Lost. I've been lost. Um, anyways. Tight. Ty Shane is the man, incredible producer. And uh, so I was working on this record. And, you know, I just didn't... I, I made the I Ain't Done beat when I was in a tour bus. I was on this tour. And I was going through one of the darkest seasons mentally that I've ever gone through. And this idea of I'm not done came up in my mind like that that was uh, just kind of like an inner monologue that I had. Like as long as you're alive, you still have opportunity to change. And that kind of was like the, the thing that was like stirring up inside of me. And uh, one of the things that even like made me think that was this movie I was watching. It was um, Founder. It was about McDonald's. And it oh, talked yeah. about the guy who um, founded McDonald's. Ray Kroc. Ray Kroc. That he was like a 56-year-old milkshake maker salesman <laughs> and went on to like franchise McDonald's and made like a huge difference in his life, but at like in his 50s. Um, a lot of other guys, Erwin McManus, I had like listened to him speak at a conference I was at and him talking about you know, he, he really went through a whole bunch of things in his life all the way up until like age 43 or something like that, where he just didn't understand what, what his purpose was or what he was wow. doing. And it reminded me like, yo, as long as you're alive, there's opportunity 
to change or there's still opportunity to grow or find your purpose. Mm. When I think people get really anxious and paranoid about that in their 20s, you know, like, oh, my gosh, I missed my boat. Or you're on Instagram watching 22, 23-year-old people having careers and you're like, dang, I feel washed. I think you were also reading Unbroken at the time. Remember the one that he was like stuck out at sea for like 40 days? Oh, yeah, that is And that really impacted you. Unbroken was fire. What is that? Unbroken is a book about a guy who was in World War One, World War Two. He was like a, actually a runner, and the plane went down. That he was a he was a pilot. The plane went down into the ocean, and he was stranded on a flotation device. Uh, uh, what device? Like yeah, it was like a it was yeah. a raft mm-hmm. for like forty days without food, and um, him and two other guys. They made a movie out of it. They made a movie out of it, but the book is way earlier. What was the movie called? Do you know? I think it was called Unbroken. Yeah. Mm. Um, And so, like, the way this dude survived was, like, catching sharks by hand, by the tail, and dragging them onto Mm -hmm. the boat. What? Impaling them and eating their liver. Another way was that he would sit on the raft, and a bird would land, like, an albatross on his head, and he would grab it by the legs, and then break its legs and eat like kill it and eat it that's how he had to survive ended yeah. up why ended, am I the only one tripping in here everyone's yeah, like crazy because anyways <laughs> that's wild who does that yeah but the will to survive was wild so anyways I could talk more about that anyway I was working on this record I ain't done and um so that was where the chant came from and then obviously I produced the record myself uh, I was on a tour bus and I and I, I was really having this moment where I was very much concerned with what other people thought about my music and in a way that I think was very unhealthy. You know, you know me, when I got music, I want to play it. I want to play it for everybody. Yeah. You know, the pizza guy stops so stops by and I want him, hey, come in real quick. Let me show you something. Um, I show unfinished music to people all the time because I love to get feedback as I'm creating. But I think what started to happen... Um, was I was letting maybe too many people in or maybe the wrong people in. And I Mm. was growing very discouraged about the music I was making. Um, And there's a lot of dynamics to that. Yeah, You know, part of it is like me, like my standards get a lot higher for myself. Two is some people don't take it as serious as I do. So they're just like, oh yeah, it's tight or whatever. Would be like way more crushing to me than it should have been. Three, insecurity. Just like, yeah, insecurity will make you interpret information very differently. Mm. And was um, that around the same time that you got, you went gold for You Can't Stop Me? I think it was right before. It yeah. was right before I did. But it was in that time that uh, I was I was concerning myself so much with what other people thought. I think I forgot the thing that, had made me who I am today anyways, which was like, I did me. I did mm. what I liked. Mm-hmm. And I came home, and this is why I wanted to add Christina to this story is, Christina said one of well, the Well, besides pre- the fact that she's the CEO. Right. Yes. Okay. Always the CEO. You already <laughs> okay. know. Uh, dinner plans, check with the CEO. Um, Christina was really integral in this song coming about and me finding my confidence again because- I remember coming home from tour. You remember on like a couple of the off days mm-hmm. and I was just confiding in you about my struggles. Mm-hmm. And 
Christina took a sticky note and she wrote something on it and she stuck it on uh, the little screen Mm -hmm. in my studio. And on the note, it said, respect your opinion. And I just remember like being floored by that because Christina was like, why do you care so much about what other people think about your music? She's like, you are where you're at today because you made the music the way you wanted to make it and what you loved and you didn't care what other people thought and you're successful because of it. You need to stop respecting everyone else's opinion more than yours. Right. Respect your opinion because you're dope. And I was like, I am dope, right? (laughs) (laughs) And, um... Well, I remember that there was... I can't remember if it was the beat or a lyric or something, but you were, like, making something. And I remember you were like... The rich guys think this, and Dell thinks this, and somebody else thinks this. And I was like, okay, what do you think? He was like, I kind of like it, but I don't know because everybody's saying all these things. And I think at that time you were like, I don't know if I'm washed. I don't know if I just can't think about these things anymore. Like, is this the end for me even? And I was like, what? Like, what do you think about it? He was like, I like it. I don't know, but other people don't like it. I was like, bro, but whose name is going to be on this record? <laughs> Word. Yeah. Yes. Sheesh. Who you marry matters a lot. <laughs> matters a lot. That's Changes wild, the whole direction man. of your life. Ain't that right, BJ? Oh, brother. <laughs> That's wild. So, yo, she was just encouraging me in that time. And I was like, yo, I, res- I got to respect my own opinion. So, anyways, the following weekend, I was out on the tour bus and I was making that song. And I didn't have any producers out on the road with me. I was just, it was just me. And um, that melody started coming to my head. So I just hummed it in and I put distortion pedals on it and I made it sound like that crazy guitar sound. And then I just used the drums that I had, this Illmind beat pack. And I made the, uh, the drums and I made the track and I was just like on the bus, losing it just by mm-hmm. myself. Like, ah! And I had the little USB microphone and I recorded it. And that's why the first lyric that came out was, oh, well, if they don't like it, I might turn up by myself. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah. matter if anybody else likes this. I'm going to make this song for you, for me. Yeah. And that was what was most important. It was like a freeing thing to do. Yeah. Um, I don't need opinion. No, I did this for myself is the second lyric. Um, and then I said, I just remembered I'm dope. Yeah. I just remembered I'm fly. They trying to say be humble. Don't you know I'm made like God? And, um, all those lyrics started pouring out of that conversation that I had with my wife and out of this, like finding confidence again in being myself. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest mistakes I think I made as an artist, like somewhere along the way is like looking left and right. Like looking at the people around you or looking at what's happening around you and being like, if it's being successful, is being like, I need to be like that to be more successful. Mm-hmm. When really like the individuality, the uniqueness, the yeah. lane that you occupy is the thing that gives you value, not necessarily just conforming or being like everyone else. Right. And um, you can actually waste a lot of time and deter yourself from the actual purpose that you have by trying to catch up with what's going on around you. And, um, you know, I also just thinking that your music is for everybody. Like that was something that you and I talk about a lot Mm -hmm. is like, sometimes we're like, yo, nah, man, my music is for everybody. Like, nah, there is no general audience. And it's like, no, there definitely is an audience and it's okay. Like there's very few people that make music that everybody likes. 
You know what I'm saying? If at all. If at all. You can say right? there's people that happen to like get the vast Transcend. majority, but even them, like I always say, like you have people that are like, yo, Jay-Z's whack. And they're bugging. I feel you. But I, and people that are like the Beatles, yeah, I don't get it. And it's like, well, these people clearly do have the majority <laughs> of the opinion, right? Of of the majority of people do find them to be great and do connect with their music. But some people don't because yes. if you try to make something for everybody, you end up making for nobody. You you end right. up making it for nobody. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, sorry, this is like a really long way, no, way around great. getting Keep to going. it. But yeah. to Ty Shane was, yo, Ty Shane, I worked on this record. Um, I don't know about my drums, you know, like because I, I didn't consider myself at that time like a producer, producer. Like I could just do the whole track, drums, vocals, everything. So I was like, Ty Shane, you got the best drums I've ever heard in my life. Would you come and put these drums on here and, and touch it? And so he came through, he did his thing to it. And I remember just being like, yo, this is crazy. And I remember showing it to like everybody. And I would just play the A version and the B version. And the A version was my version. The B version was Ty Shane's. Um, A for no, Andy, B for Beam. B Makes for sense. Beam, that's it, that's it. <laughs> Makes sense. And uh, I remember we were sitting in the studio with, I think it was Mark Bird. We were in Atlanta and then Chad from King's Kaleidoscope came and I played it and I was like, yo, which one y'all like better? I was like, cause Ty Shane's is technically better. The sounds are better. The drum, the drums are hitting harder. Like yeah. it's a technically superior. And after listening, like everyone in the room was like, yo, yours just feels better. Yeah. And I was like, really? Nah, dude, his drums are way iller than mine. And they were like, yo, from like a technical trap standpoint, yeah, but there's some something about the grittiness and the crappiness of your drums that people were responding to better. Mm. And I was like, whoa. It was hard for me to like even agree with that. So it was a split, man. It was like, it was really difficult to choose because I just wanted to go with Ty Shane because I'm like, no, Ty Shane's ill. Let's just do that. But I remember we all went with my version. Um, but I just remember just feeling like, yo, that Ty Shane version still needs to come out because it's crazy. He does some really interesting stuff with it that I didn't. Yeah. So that's why we're releasing it now and you guys can check it out. He has he does some crazy drops in there. Yeah. Some distortions that I didn't do. Man, you said so many things. <laughs> I know. Like, it was so hard for me not to jump and like we'll, 30 things. But let's jump back in. I'll say this. Um, We just talked recently where I was telling you, I was like, listen, man, be yourself yeah. like win and lose on those terms because being yourself is really the only way that you, you can succeed. Like whenever you try to be someone else or something else, like you're going to fail because it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And I don't right. think you're a person that I've ever looked at as some, someone that was trying to be something they're not. Um, but what I've, what I hope to always encourage you in is to embrace your uniqueness Yeah. Even though it might not um, be the popular, it might not be the popular thing. I mean, you know, you're from Syracuse, you, you have a certain experience growing up that like, maybe I didn't have that Justin didn't have that Christina didn't have, Mm -hmm. but that's what makes you, you. So yeah, I think this is just good advice for everyone. And Marcus and I were talking about this this morning or Ace, I don't know, but, um, the best advice is. I was talking to Ace about it, and Ace is like a grown OG, like a dude that has like a lot of experience, very mature, 
And he says, yo, it's even hard for him to just embrace who he is and, mm. and live out of that and create out of that mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. I think um, everything from like what, what you want to wear, yeah. what you want to yeah. talk about, what sounds and genres you want to pull out of. Yeah. Like, do you, even if you're most trusted in her circle, which is Chris, Justin, myself, be like, ah, I don't really get it. It's okay. Like yeah, that's, yeah. you're not making it for us to get it. And you're just making it for self-expression. And like the songs that people connect with the most are because they can relate as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you're tapping into something that you guys share in common. Um, that I also want to apologize, man, for any time, because I know that early on we had to have conversations about how to deliver feedback because sometimes I'll oh, be mad raw and be like, yo, I'm not feeling that. Like, oh, no, I'm not feeling that, whatever. And we and have let me to be clear, too, that Dell is one of the people in my, like, trusted inner circle of, like, his opinion matters a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, because we release music together. You know what I'm saying? He, he has good taste. He has great taste. Oh, well, you yeah. know what I'm saying? I try, I try. <laughs> I try. Um, <laughs> I said it for you. It's okay. Yeah, yeah really, I was, I was really hoping <laughs> someone would, you know. Yeah, no, he's a really close friend as well. So that's also, like... All of those things make the weight of someone's opinion matter right. a lot more. And so yeah. and when you were giving me feedback early on, we had to learn how to give feedback in, in constructive ways. Right. Because some of it would be just crushing or it'd be like, uh, forget it then. I, I guess it's no good. You Unintended know? too, yeah. you know? Like I was just like, it, it was crazy. When I first met you, um, I would see you do that. Like, he'd be like, yo, everyone, come check out what I just made and give me your thoughts. And I was like, is this guy nuts? <sighs> like, I wasn't like that. Yeah. I wouldn't let my most when inner, I didn't have the security. I wouldn't let my most inner, inner circle hear it till I thought it was done. Yeah. Like, I was just hearing it. I was just letting them hear it to be like, yeah, man, just finish this. <laughs> Not like, hey, man, it's in progress. What do you guys think? And I'd be like, yo. I don't know if what Andy does is good or not, but like it takes courage to do that. But um, I did I did kind of feel like, man, um, I feel like there's a lot of people that are yesing Andy, mm. like because they just want to encourage you because it would be people from our church. And, you know, they want to like just be like really good Christians and be like, man, good job. Sometimes like I would feel not everybody. There was like one or two people that I'm like. I don't know if you really think that. So I guess that made me want to be like, yo, I'm going to keep it a buck with Andy. Like, no matter what. Like, when I like it, I'm going to let him know I like it. And when I don't, I'm going to let him know I don't. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is that because of the subjectivity of art, it really isn't like a, yo, that's whack. As much as it's like, yo, that's not connecting with me. Yeah. Now, we can have a technical conversation like, yeah. yo, I feel like that snare, bro, is a little weak. I feel like the quality of that joint could be improved. Yeah. But to say that a song is like whack or it's bad, it's just like, no, nah, it doesn't connect with me. And not everything, you know, not everything that anybody makes connects with me. Like even my favorite artists, I have some songs that connect with me more than others. So I got to respect the subjectivity, but I also have to respect your vulnerability as an artist and like, and just not even sugarcoated, but just like communicated in a more constructive yeah. way. You know what I'm saying? And we had to learn that. What's going on? It's Andy Minio and Delgis Mustafa at the Work in Progress podcast. We're taking a second to give a shout out to our sponsors. Yay! 
Street, <laughs> Samaritan Ministries. All right. Who wants to talk about health care, kids? Oh, health care is the best. All right. Listen, nobody wants to talk about health care, but the reality is it's part of life. You're going to break something. You're going to hurt something. Something bad's going to happen. You got to make sure that you're taken care of, all right? If you're 14, you live at your mom's house, you're probably fine. But for the rest of us, listen, we all need to figure out how we're going to do this. Here's what happened. I'm a rapper. I'm a hip-hop artist. You know, I don't work for a big company or corporation that rolls me into some big healthcare plan and takes care of me if anything bad happens, all right? I'm on my own. Or I pay some insane amount of money to these, uh, you know, insurance companies, which I've done for years for, like, catastrophic insurance. Basically meaning if I break every bone in my body, they're like, all right, we'll consider helping. And even then, you got to have fallen off a roof. It's insane. So here's what we did. Me and my wife, we were looking for other options to make sure we could have a, a, a different kind of health care. And we found Samaritan Ministries. Now, the guy who was giving me the information about this place, you know, he was coming after me for like a year. He's like, hey, man, I think this is a good option for you. You're self-employed. And I was like, nah, you're weird. Get away from me. I ducked him for like a year. But when I started looking into actually what it was, I was like, yo, this is actually forward thinking and really interesting. So here, here's what it is. Essentially, it's not insurance. It's a different kind of health care. And, and what it does is Christians every month send directly to each other as there's a medical need. Now, the reason why this works is because there's 80,000 plus households and growing who are participating in this. So it becomes a network. And so instead of giving your money to some random company you don't know and you don't know what they're doing with it, and then when you get hurt, you don't know if someone's actually going to cover your thing because it's all these stipulations, blah, blah, blah. No, it's just this community of people who's saying, as there's a need, we're going to give. So most months, you know, you're not, you don't have a need, so you're giving directly to people who do have it. But when it's your turn, you have a need, people give directly to you. They stay directly connected. They send you the money that you need. And they also, you know, it's a little more personal. People could pray for you. They can send a card of encouragement. It's actually really cool. I, I think it's incredible. Me and my wife use it. And, uh, you know, I've got injured playing basketball and doing different things. And I've used it, and they came through in the clutch. So I've already seen it firsthand. Now, listen. Again, like I said, it's not for everybody, but just go check it out uh, because it's been an incredible option for us. Go to SamaritanMinistries.org slash Andy Minio. Learn more about it. And uh, listen, take care of yourself, all right? Don't break nothing. You'll be all right. But if, in case you do, check out Samaritan. All right, back to the podcast. Let's do it. I also realize that I think I do really well with positive feedback to make decisions. Because my t- the toughest... The toughest thing about being an artist is you have to make a bunch of small, consistent, good decisions, right? So it's like even as a painter, you're like, okay, I'm going to pick the the canvas. I'm going to pick the size. Next thing I got to pick is the colors, the palettes, the yeah. you know things I'm going to mix. Okay, my next decision is this. This was a good stroke. I'm going to add on that. You have to make a ton of micro decisions. And so along the way, get encouragement like, that's a good decision. That's a good decision. Helps me go. I remember when we made Coming In Hot... Um, I showed up in the studio and I had a bunch of little ideas recorded, but we got that record done so quick because I got such affirmation from the rip. Yeah. So it was like, I put the beat on and I looked over at Lecrae and Lecrae was like, Ooh. And, and you're like, like, okay, let's go with that one. I was like, okay, that's the beat, right? So now that conversation is gone. He liked it. And then it was like, I, I just mumbled. And then I said, I'm coming in hot. And the beat hit, and he was like, whoa. And I was like, okay, keeping that hook. part. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm keeping that part. Now work backwards, keep the coming in hot part, and then fill in the other spaces. Yeah. 
you know, so it was just like getting that immediate response helped me to be able to make decisions and go. I make music usually in my room by myself. And so I'm stuck with all those decisions to be made and me kicking it around in my head. And so now I'm realizing as a creative, like, yo, I actually probably need people around for certain parts. Or keep like bobbleheads that are like affirming you the whole yeah. time. <laughs> that was also that was also a uh uh a new addition to the studio, like a gang of bobbleheads. But um yeah, I think like and what's crazy is like I listen to a beat, someone will send me a beat, and I'll be like, oh, I don't know what I think about it. It's all right. And then I go to the tour bus and then I play it and everyone on the bus is like, Whoa. losing it. And I'm like, yeah. all right, I should reconsider using this track. Yeah. And I've been wrong a lot. You know what I'm saying? So that's what always makes me second guess myself. Like, yo, I can't trust my opinion all the time because sometimes I can miss really good things. Yeah. And it makes sense because you're in it as well. Like having right. an outside yeah. perspective from people you trust is a plus. Absolutely. You know? So, you know, I think that adds to it. And then other guys go to the studio and they go and it's like a fun, creative process with a bunch of people, you know, and like they're all making decisions together. Their boys are like, oh, I like that, I like that. And they put it together and they leave. Yeah. Me, it's a gift and a curse to be able to do everything myself. The gift is I don't got to wait on anybody. I get in there, I record myself. I can work whenever. The curse is that I can spend four hours debating something in overthinking my head and overthinking and, and re-recording and someone walks in and be like it was right the first time three hours ago you wasted a day you which know? is usually what which happens. is usually what happens one of the yeah. first versions of so you know i'm in i'm in that i'm in that mode now where i'm still having to figure out what's the best creative process for myself right now because it's always changing so i yeah i, I just really wanted to straight up like apologize for any time that any feedback ended up being hurtful more than helpful because obviously that's not the intention. You know, we're all trying to, yeah. we're, we all should be fighting each other respectfully for the be best end result. And like she said, Ben, she said it great. Like whose name is going to be on this? Like I always say that like, yo, you're going to win the biggest, you're going to lose the biggest. So you might as well just do what is true to you, yeah. you know, after you take some input. But what was interesting is that I think I was one of the people that led you to feel this way about like, man, I need to respect my opinion. But then also when the debate was between the Tyshain one and the Beam one, I mean, the, the, the your version and Beam's version, Tyshain, I was like, your version, like all the way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I remember that. And I remember the first time you played me the record, I lost it. I just thought it was freaking great, you know? So it's funny that how, like, that's just the way it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. at one moment, I might be like, ah, I don't know about that. But then I'm the same person that could be like, no, 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 that's 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 yeah. great. What you did was great, you know? And yeah, that's, yeah. as long as everything is done constructively, that's great. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to say is, Christina, wow, like, I mean, respect your opinion, bro. Like, we need merch. We need that. We need that shirt. <laughs> we need that, Sorry, we need that shirt. Because I remember when he told me that, I was just like, <sighs> because in your moments of, like, great insecurity, 
to be able to have somebody that can really listen to you because you can only say something like that because you're really hearing them out Mm -hmm. and you're detecting the problem here. Like, oh, the problem here is you don't respect what you think and you're putting like a disproportionate weight on everybody else's opinion. Yeah. And Um, I think it also helps that I have no idea about music technically. So I didn't care, nor do I know. (laughs) And I was like, I'm more concerned about Andy and Andy's concerned about the music. So he'll ask me about music and then I tell him what I think. But I don't really know anything about music technically. I just know my husband and how he feels. Mm. And I also know a little bit about his psychology and how he thinks and how he values other people and his internal struggles and how that can translate into his work. What does it look like from the outside? Well, I mean, it's a lot. Like, the fact that your brand has gotten this big, when you were smaller um, as a brand, everything was more tight-knit, mostly on you and your decision. So it was easier to, like, pull triggers because there was less at stake. Mm. When things are bigger... There's more at stake. There's more people speaking in. There's more pressure. There's more to lose. So it's easier to to think about, to weigh other people's opinions more than your own because you almost feel insecure about how much is at stake. But your opinion was how things got where they were to begin with. So it's only smart to continue to rely on that. But it can also... Like when it comes to anxiety and depression, like with Ian Dunn specifically, I know that sometimes you've struggled with getting outside approval. And that has a lot of history and like family structure and things. Mm. But yeah, just feeling and that I mean, a lot of creatives have a lot of emotional stress. Yeah. (laughs) And that's where a lot of good things come out of. So I think that's one of the reasons why Andy's so great at a lot of things that he does. And I also think that's caused him to be very independent, which has, which is great. Like he's sitting here with an, a green hat and orange pants and like a wrestling shirt on. And I don't know anybody else that would walk out like that, but that's exactly (laughs) what I love about him because he's like, what, this is it. Um, I need you to talk to my wife about my scully that she gives me a hard time <laughs> about. That scully, you need man. to tell her, look, man, okay, he there's family structures in his past and like he's <laughs> being himself right hat. now, okay? Can we pull he's being a himself. picture of the Dell scully and just <laughs> oh screen grab it. I have, you know, certain things that, you know, I just wear them a lot for seasons and then I never wear them again. And by the, the way, this scully. MTA hat is fire. Only NY, yo, we need that sponsorship. Only cut the check. But I need you to talk to my wife and be like yo he's being himself let him live <laughs> on sunday we, we left the house and she's like oh that's scully and i was like really <laughs> no nah, but she 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 uh oh, she just she loves cracks you just for who you are no nah, she 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 cracks me up with that we joke around with each other about that i love my wife well she loves me a couple things i wanted to, <laughs> to play off on on that was one did you notice because christina was actually the person that suggested and like strongly suggested that I go to therapy. She was the closest person to me and was like, honey, I think it's time that you get therapy like for real. And I, it was right around that same time. It was that mm-hmm. same year. So the top of 2017 or was it the top of 2018? No, I think it was 2017. I think you went through all of 2018 in therapy already. Yeah. Christina was like, you need to go to therapy. 
So paint this for me. Like Saturday morning, you walk out of the house wearing Uggs, oh. Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Turtle pajamas, and she's life. like, "Therapy, Andy, now. you need to go to." Now I'm getting it. I, yeah, I, I mean, I wanted you to speak into that because what were the things that you were noticing? Because I, I think you were noticing yeah. me stressing about music mm-hmm. and overthinking things. And was just like, yo, you seriously need some help. Well, going to therapy is not for the weak, even though I think people think you go to therapy when something's wrong with you. Mm. But I think no one survives childhood sane. Everybody needs therapy. And I think Andy has like an exceptional amount of pressure on him because of his business and the music and being in an industry where everybody has an opinion about you. Mm. So I think your emotional health is imperative to not only the kind of art that you create, but how you take that pressure. Mm, and if you can't mm. take that pressure, then you're going to break and then you can't create anymore. So like his emotional health was essential for the longevity of this thing. Um, and so it's like the stress under the pressure, the stress of what people thought. And I think the lack of confidence, but everybody experiences lack of confidence at some point. But it was the lack of confidence combined with the amount of pressure Mm. that I was like, you, I can't even help you with this. Like you need to sit with somebody at an appointed time and do nothing but talk about your emotional health and your thoughts and the things that have hurt you in the past, because where this could take you is going to leave you way more vulnerable to more hurt. And before you even think about going there, you need to be able to heal from things that you have done to be strong enough to even handle things in the future. If not, Mm. this whole thing is going to crack. Sheesh. Who you marry matters. Hey, no, seriously. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, yo, we need to like really celebrate marriage because there's been moments where I've been like so deflated and it's, my wife has been like my greatest source of encouragement and like, it's incredible, man. And, and this is just a beautiful thing. This is what people need to see. Like, this is what's beautiful about marriage. Like you're not in it alone. And I remember when you said, cause I have to bring something up. Like, I think you, you were going through all this dude and you hit it really well. Like, no one ever thinks of Andy as being someone that's down. Yeah. Well, I also think um, Andy's had to learn that to survive. Because mm. I think a lot of his life, he's been alone in a, in a lot of ways. So he's had to put on a brave face to endure things without having too many opportunities to share and be vulnerable. And process it. Huh? Yeah. Because he, there's no time. There's no space to you. just got to keep going. Yeah, I mean, I was on so much of the second leg of the Uncomfortable Tour, which is kind of the time, it was around that time that these things were triggered. And I remember you saying, telling that story when you guys were out to dinner and he just started crying. Mm-hmm. I was home. Oh, I was I home. I home. She made breakfast for me. And I just was sitting at like the table eating and I just started like crying. 
I didn't even know what was happening. And she's like, wow, those eggs are that bad. <laughs> Yo, she made me records. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I put salt in them this yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, I just started crying. I didn't understand what was happening. I was so like down. That was like the breakdown that I had around yeah. December 2016. And it was like, oh, mm-hmm. as I started, I was like, I was like Googling like un, what's it called? Like untriggered crying, like randomly crying. Like what would cause someone to do that? Besides and I remember, Frank Ocean. Yeah. <laughs> Besides Frank Ocean. Uh, I remember reading like your body can get so stressed out that it needs a form of release. Wow. And like it'll just cry if it needs a way out and you don't have any, you haven't processed it or dealt with it. Like your body will literally keep the score and Sheesh. release. Um and so that's what was happening with me. I didn't understand. And I remember like me and Christina had one of probably the most vulnerable moments we had ever had like that day, like went to the bed and laid down and like, she just talked with me and you could just see, I was like out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. You yeah. know that? And yeah. Christina was just like, I see you. I see like the hurt that you carry around. And she started like crying. You know what I'm saying? Just like, I can't remember what you said to me. I just remember you being there with me. But it was something like, you're worthy of like love. (laughs) Something to that effect. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. I don't remember that conversation, but I do remember that feeling. Like, I don't remember exactly what was said, but I remember the exchange of feelings. Yeah. (laughs) That Mm. was happening. Yeah. I think I wrote it down somewhere. I probably like journaled it because it was pretty impactful. Yeah. Right. Well, I remember when you were, when you first shared that, I was like, huh? Because like we have so many interactions, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. we're friends and we work together. And I was just like, geez, like it made me be like, yo, am I like lacking awareness or just does Andy just know how to, because I'm a person that knows how to hide those things really well as well. Like, and I'm not someone that, ever sits down and processes those things. That's why what you said, you know, I was just having dinner with a family member this weekend and I was like, everyone needs therapy. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. everyone needs to process. It's like, it's like emotional and mental, like, uh, it's like going Exercise. to the gym for your mind and yeah. emotions. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. so many things have happened to you and there's so many things about you that you don't understand their origin mm-hmm. or even are aware of yeah. their existence and or are not aware of their existence. So I'm like, you know, the fact that there could be any stigma around it or the fact that everyone doesn't get therapy is like, so y'all are just winging it out here? Yeah. Like, what is it? Because That's exactly what's happening. You know what I'm it saying? Is. Because, or we're just like putting it off, but that's, uh, uh, lying to ourselves thinking it has no effect. Right. Yeah. You know it what I'm saying? It still manifests in yeah. other ways that you don't even realize. Right. Well, it's crazy to think that you, like, okay, we all understand having a physical body that it's growing and then it deteriorates. Like, we are all slowly dying, you know? Cheers. Like we're heading towards death. <laughs> Cheers. We're all heading towards death and our bodies are breaking down, but that's why when people peep that, they're like, oh, I need to change what I put in. 
I need to change the food that I eat. I yeah. also need to exercise it need to rock by some doing things pants. like orange pants, running, going to the gym, you know what I'm saying, physical exercise. So we know all those things about our external body, but our internal body, which is our emotion, you know, our spirit, our mind, those things just kind of get neglected. And we think like taking care of them by people who want to have spiritual practices or emotional healthiness practices like mental health um, uh, therapy and things like that. We, we think that's weird because you can't see it. And I, I, that's just crazy to me that we could so clearly see the need for physical health, mm-hmm. but mental and emotional health just kind of gets sidelined, laughed at, you know, belittled. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, the reason they say to me is like, yo, well, I don't got the time and I don't got the money. And I'm like, bruh, if there's anything you're going to spend time and money on, it's investing in yourself. Right. That's and good. that's like, you can't even have the rest of your life. You can't even have your yourself. Like, this is, this is one thing I say to people that, like, want to have a relationship with another person, but they're not emotionally healthy. It's like, you don't have yourself. You don't have access to your own self. Mm. How are you going to give yourself to somebody else? Yeah. yeah. You know and the saying? thing is That's that like, our society is like so um, obsessed with productivity and doing something. But if you don't take care of your emotional and mental health, you are not functioning at your full potential because no. things are not clear and you might be more vulnerable to uh, different triggers or hurts or ideas that could be worked out in therapy over a conversation or facing certain past hurts. And without doing that, there's like huge holes that you're leaving open that just slow life down. Yeah. How's it been now that you, how long have you been going to therapy? Um, For a full year in January, it was a full year. And so now it's like a full year in a couple months. So it's been incredible though. I mean, it's like, probably one of the single most helpful things that's ever happened to me. Um, I feel like I've become a better husband, a better friend, a better business owner, a better artist because of all those things. Um, I think I I understand how I tick more Mm. than I ever have. And which allows me to have more like grace for myself when I'm messing up or more understanding more understanding for other people as well. So when I see someone while out and like bark at me, you know what I'm saying? Like in in a conversation, my initial response is like, how dare you disrespect me? Let's throw the hands. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. (laughs) My secondary response, which has, you know, has become more of my first response is like, who hurt you? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, what's going on that would cause you to do this? Yeah. And I think I have a deeper level of understanding for that or even compassion. Yeah. Because I know that behavior is just, everyone's behavior is just the product of what's happening internally. You know, things happen internally or in your mind and then they express themselves. Yeah. And even like your spouse being your best friend, your confidant, your ride or die, Mm -hmm. there's just someone outside of that union that you can dump all these things on because who was it that said that like it just it shouldn't be like you shouldn't dump all that stuff on your spouse where where did it is that Tim Keller idea I don't know Tim Keller is very much about yeah Killer Keller that's my yo Killer Keller respect (laughs) been showering to his sermons for for years you're hurt um, yeah, I mean, and it makes a lot of sense. You know what I'm saying? There's some things that it's just like, 
whoa. Because there's still like a level of like, oh man, I'm not prepared for this. You know, even as, even as a spouse, you know, like yeah. to yeah. have that outside person, objective person that's just listening. Um, even, you know, in arguments, it's so hard not to get defensive Yeah. when, you know what I'm saying? Oh, because yeah. it's you and you have your flaws too. And like, sometimes you might also, a tendency I have is to like give some, well, this is how you fix that. And it's like, no, just need you to listen. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, you remember when I would get out of these therapy sessions and I would like call you or some other friends, like surrogate therapy. We call it surrogate <laughs> therapy because <laughs> I'd be like so charged up and I'd be like, man, this is what I'm learning. And then dude, like, I'd end up having these like hour long conversations with my friends, and they would just be deep, rich conversations. And be what like, I figured out is that I'm a bird that needs to flap its okay. wings. And then I just knew. <gasps> I'm a peacock. I got to yeah, fly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nah, there was like really rich conversations I remember having with like multiple friends and be like, yo, man, think about going to therapy too. And it was just like, we we had this joke. I'm surrogate therapy. Like I go and, to therapy for everyone else and I just come back and give them the info. Andy actually got in trouble in the state of New York for practicing without a license <laughs> for, for a week of <laughs> sessions that he had over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude, it was great. I mean, I remember one time when you came back from a, um, I think it was a reach, like retreat for the artists. Mm -hmm. And the dude was talking about like your father, like your relationship with your dad. And then I was like, <gasps> me too. I remember, yeah, I remember yeah. saying that, but, um, yeah, there's just like so many ripple effects benefits yeah. Yeah, from there is, like man. just getting therapy is crazy. I think I remember in that conversation, I might, I might have quoted Brene Brown, which shout out to Brene Brown, because if you don't know who she is, you need to. It doesn't matter who you are. Mm. But she has um, a quote that says, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's like, you are imperfect, but you are worthy of love and belonging. Hmm. And I think that's especially true for everybody, but especially artists especially musician, musicians that put themselves out yeah. there to be criticized. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, you, you can be imperfect, but you're still worthy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you mentioned something That's too good. that um, you were like, Andy, you deal with a lot of like loneliness and like traumas from, you know, your past and, but you bring those things into your artistry. One of the things I've noticed is that like most people who are really driven to do great things usually have some sort of trauma yeah. in their past mm. that's like, inspiring them or like motivating them to do things. Um, well, the people who have like pretty, like pretty nice lives and don't have like immense trauma are like pretty chill with like the flow of, of life. in a lot of ways, like I find the people that are the most dedicated, like the most hardcore, it's like something happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, which is a very interesting observation. You're talking about the benefit of struggle um, mm -hmm. and then the joy that you can have in the midst of it all. You know what yeah. I mean? For sure. Well, sometimes the, the getting to the motivations is really interesting. Like why I was so motivated to like make something out of myself through music, you know, and so dedicated where Christine and I often beef about this. But I think we were watching a, you know, chef's table or something. And it was like one of these one of these people who was running this incredible um, restaurants 
like she was talking about, yo, I missed like 10 years mm. of birthdays and Christmases and XYZ because I was just working, working, working. I was making sure I was going to make this shop great. And I remember Christina paused it and she was like, no, it's not <laughs> worth it. I was like, this is not okay. This is not okay. And I, and I just looked at it and I was like, I mean, part of it's just this, you know, you want to be great. You just got to. Elon Musk said you need a minimum 80 hour work week to do something life changing. I think he, I just gotta saw go. an article. You just got to go hard. And Christina's like, nope, not worth it. And I was like, how so? She's like, you're not, what do you say? You're never going to get these birthdays back. You're never mm-hmm. going to see your nieces and nephews mm. the same way. Like you're going to miss those moments in life. And what I realized is what your priority system is, is going to affect that, you know, yeah. pretty heavily. Like what you prioritize most in life. Um, yeah. And for Christina, I realized it's family. Like family is, people. that's for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, when you just, you literally just said it, like a lot of people who are successful tend to have a lot of trauma and hurt. And I would put money that most of that trauma comes from family. Mm. So for somebody to opt out of family, but that hole is like causing trauma for somebody. Mm. So there is, even if it was for the person themselves and they don't even realize it. And I'm like, is that trauma worth it? Like you got this brand and you got this money. But what about this family? What about these other human beings that are like growing up without contact with a daughter or an aunt or whatever? Yeah. Man, I wish we would just segue right into family photo, but I digress. (laughs) Man, I just want to say something, my brother. Um, You're your best when you're being yourself, bro. And like, yeah, as primarily like your friend, consider, consider myself a brother to you, bro. I, that's what I prefer to see more than anything. It's just when you're being you, bro. And when I get it, when I don't get it, like, I love the fact that we're hanging out in my crib and we're watching Wild Tales, a great Argentinian film. And I know what you're going to laugh at. And you laugh at it because you're a sick puppy. (laughs) And because it's you, like... Yeah. And I just love when you're yourself, my brother. And if there's anything I want to encourage you, we always say, don't try to make it better. Don't try to make it anything but honest. Just make it honest, bro. Like anything you create, make it honest. Make it you win or lose on your terms. Yeah. Be yourself because that's what people connect to. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. I just want to keep encouraging you to to create out of that place and to be yourself for better or for worse, bro. But at least, you know, just be yourself and win or lose on those terms. You know what I'm saying? And And I think that's a good message for other creatives too, man. Like the temptation is always, and I've experienced this. I'm speaking from experience. It's like the temptation is always to do what works. And I think that's why you look around you and you see what's working and then people tried to adopt what's working. And sometimes what's working isn't you, mm-hmm. but you'll give away yourself to get whatever that is, success or, and uh, I think that's kind of, in a lot of ways, it's a, it's a shortcut. Yeah. You know, it's like trying to get a shortcut, like a easy win, but long-term, you know, being yourself long-term will attract the people that are supposed to be there. You know, I was saying this the other day, like, the type of music you make, the art that you make is going to attract those type of people. 
Yeah. You know, so if you make like quick, fast, silly art, that those are the type of fans you're going to get in a lot right. of ways. But if you make like deeply invested and tr- true and honest art that you connect to, you'll be able to do it a lot longer. And those are the type of people you're going to get attracted. Um, and I thought that was a, it was a really interesting point from that, that Whitney documentary that we watched. Mm, that uh, Great doc. It was an incredible documentary. She said, um, she said sometimes the artist, the artist, like the person who performs on stage is the, is, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to come from a, an identity that you have as a person. Yeah. So it's like Andy, the person and Andy, the artist. And, and the, the artist is supposed to be an extension of the person. But oftentimes what can happen is you can become, the person can be an extension of the artist. Mm. The artist can become your primary identity. And I think that's the thing that I was wrestling with the most with with this record is like who I was as an artist was becoming more so my identity than who I actually was. And so when your artistry is your main identity, you just need that thing to thrive and live. The crazy thing about being an artist though is you're a commodity, like your art is a commodity. Yeah, it's, yeah. It has certain value in certain markets. It can sell certain tickets in certain markets. So your identity, your value can be caught up. I mean, it's your name and face. Literally. Like right. Steve Jobs didn't run a company called Steve Jobs. Right. With his face as the logo. Right. <laughs> you know what so I mean? It, like, at least there's some s- sort there was of separation. Some separation, yeah. Like there's a product. If you don't like the Apple, the iPhone or whatever, it didn't mean you hate Steve Jobs. When, when business is yeah. down, Apple is down. When streams are down, People are not rocking with Andy Mini. Yes, yes, it's yes, what yes. you are tempted to think. You know yes, what yes. I mean? And that's what made that, I think that's what clouded that whole thing so much for me. And it, I still think it's a wrestle that I have. Like I need to, like what Christina was saying, like family's important. Who you are as an individual. You said this earlier. You're mm-hmm. like, I care about Andy. I'll speak into the art, but I care most about Andy. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, great. you know, you separate those things where sometimes I just see them as the same thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The art is Andy. And um, I think that's a dangerous thing, but I think it's something when you're aware of it, it helps yeah. to, to work through. And know? I try to remind Andy all the time, mess with those that mess with you and wish everybody else well. That's it. Yo, Don't wish them harm. Just uh, bye. About <laughs> it. Ain't nobody trying to sit in no quote unquote cool table, man. Yeah. We're cool on that. Yeah. But she gave you the PG version, by the way. Nah, nah, yeah. nah, nah, nah. <laughs> it's a little no, bit more X-rated. <laughs> I want to say also, in addition to what I said earlier, that um, something really worth celebrating here is just like what you what y'all are displaying about marriage and how uh, a team like the team aspect of marriage yeah. and how you're there to be each other's crutches as jigger says I know you're feeling that I know you're feeling that but nah man like I think that's a beautiful thing and that's like such a beautiful picture for people to see um marriage is hard work but it's moments like these that you can really appreciate that that you type of union even exists yeah you know and Chris just like you know how Blanca and I think about you like the strength you Mm -hmm. show the maturity you show is on display in moments like this and man you're just a Y- y'all are, are fortunate to have each other, man, because I think y'all make each other better. Because also you, man, just having that uh, humble posture to mm-hmm. go and start taking therapy and, and start seeking to get stronger and better because you know that's what you need, that's what she needs. You know, that's what 
your fans need, your coworkers need, yeah. your friends need, you know? So yeah. I just think it's a beautiful thing. And, and it's funny, man, in the midst of all that struggle, I mean, you had to go through horrible things that we could sit here and like, thank God for it yeah. because of all the good yeah. that comes out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Shoot on, but as well end on that. I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> that was Amen. a banger. <laughs> we done, we Bye. done, we done. <laughs>